All right, good morning. Welcome to 1067 The Fan. Excited to be back. Ben Standing here, Britt Giroli here. We are uh, here with you until noon today. Britt, uh, happy Sunday morning to you. It's a, it's a lovely day here in the district. Uh, we're both looking, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed or some proximity of that. It is a little early, but. I was in bed by 9.30. I'm ready to go, Ben. Well, it's definitely I seized er- the day. Unless you're a farmer, it's definitely early, but we no. are here. I'm not- it's 9 o'clock. Let's go. Okay. I just gave a look back to about to our producer, Donald, here, and he gave me a look like, what is she talking about? Like, look, we're, I, I was just saying to Donald, I'm used to working at, you know, before the sun comes up, so to speak, but it's one thing to roll out of bed and over to my office desk versus, you know, having to come out and do you know get in my car and drive down here and actually talk on the radio you know that's a little bit different that's all i'm saying no so, one cares yeah, i was gonna chime jobs. in i was gonna say we're, we're probably a little bit spoiled with that because yeah. i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that don't have the exactly. the comfort of working from home well i mean no one cares wow we are less than that's two minutes we're less than two minutes into the show and apparently Ben's i've been tagged in a, I've, I've been tagged <laughs> an elitist all i was saying was it's early morning and you're and you're shaming me that it's that it's oh, not no, early. no shame and, no shame <laughs> um, anyway, we have got plenty to discuss here on the show with you guys today. We're going to have uh, some great guests. Mark Zuckerman from Masson will be with us at 10 o'clock. Nats fell last night. They closed out their series today against the Giants. We'll get his view about what's gone on early in this season. Uh, the NBA playoffs, another fun night. The uh, Brooklyn Nets down 3-0. What a shame, he says, uh, with total sarcasm. Uh, we'll, we'll have our Fred, uh, Fred Katz. Our colleague at The Athletic on at 11.15 to break down the NBA playoffs. And we'll, of course, talk NFL draft throughout the big three-day event is on Thursday. I've got some thoughts about what 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 what's the latest with Washington's situation and also some out-of-the-box thinking because ultimately I think we've all been talking about this too conventionally. We've got to explore all options, so I think great we can do that today. But... How is it going uh, in your world? Uh, you know, since you're you know ready to take on the world, how, how is things? How are things going on in your uh, in your world? Things are great. I just I just don't think people want to turn on the radio and hear me complain. I'm I'm here. I'm talking sports with you. How can I possibly? Uh, how can life get better? Uh, big big stuff in baseball over the weekend. Uh, Miguel Cabrera uh, became the seventh player in MLB history, three thousand hits and five hundred home runs. A very elite club. Ben Arod, Pulhos, Willie Mays. Eddie Murray, uh, the late Hank Aaron, and Rafael Palmeiro, the only other players to do that as well. We talked um, earlier in the week about him getting intentionally walked against the Yankees. He was finally able to get that 3,000 career hit Saturday against the Rockies. Uh, he did it in his first at-bat during the first inning. Really, really cool thing to see. Um, you know, Not something that you're going to see too often when you look at the list of guys who are close to 3,000. Uh, there aren't many. And then when you, of course, whittle it down to guys who have 3,000 hits and 500 home runs, as I said, just the seventh player. You're in a very small, uh, very tiny club. But he's not on the Nats. The Nats have a lot of issues, as you said. We're going to talk to Mark Zuckerman. Uh, Patrick Corbin continues to struggle. I really want to get Mark's input on what they're going to do there because they're not trying to win this year. So they just ride it out, but they, they also have to fix him. They're paying him a lot of money. Uh, very interesting, uh, very interested in hearing what Mark has to say about that. As you mentioned, the Nationals closing out their series against the Giants. Uh, that will be on here on 106.7 The Fan later today. I believe it's a 1.30 start time for that game. 
One thirty start time. Uh, you were the baseball person, but I will I will look this up. Wait, I have a question. Just quickly, are, are you suggesting that they need to like bench Patrick Corbin if he doesn't figure this out? Because otherwise, because what what does otherwise fix it mean? Yeah, I mean, if you're a good team and a guy continues to not perform, you take him out of the rotation. But right, right. That's but what the I'm Nationals saying. aren't really competing this year. So do you keep running them out there because they don't really have a lot of other options? Well, also you are paying them all that money. I mean, I think right. what what else? I mean, you're this is your world, but I mean, just like he's the cl- your only hope for anything this year is he fixes himself or you know he he gets fixed. So to to you got to roll him out. I would just think it just you know either he fixes he gets it right or the season's going kind of where it's going anyway. I would think. Yeah, exactly. So do you? Do you keep running them out there, like you said, or do you give them a little bit of like a maybe an extended break, try to work through some mechanical things, an extra bullpen session? I don't know. Again, we're going to get Mark at 10 o'clock. Um, Fantastic. He will probably have a little bit more insight into that. It, it's interesting because you are paying him either way, but you're also not paying him to do what he did Friday night, which is, you know, what he, I don't even think he got out of the second inning. He's got an 11 ERA, over 11. So, you know, you're paying him, but. Also, at what point are you costing yourself because you're costing the bullpen? Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I think it's a fun conversation. I guess I would just say there are sometimes it feels like when you bench a guy, it's a bigger deal. Like, And if you're benching this guy under these circumstances, wow, you're more or less saying, uh, <laughs> we're, we're out. Because on some level, like, you know, what is the point of sitting? It's not like football where, like, you can only start one quarterback at a time. In any event, yeah, I'm excited to talk to to hear you and Mark discuss that for, for sure. Um as a quick aside, so I didn't watch much NBA last night. Uh, I went to uh, your sort of old stomping grounds up in Baltimore to go see Chris Rock last night. Where? The ba- uh, Baltimore Lyric uh, Opera House. It's over. I got downtown. Had, it's over in sort of the Mount Vernon section. So okay. basically, it's uh, you know you, you you pass Camden Yards, all coming off ninety five to your right, and just kind of keep going straight a little bit to the left. I had not been over that side of Baltimore in forever. Uh, it was a nice neighborhood. Uh, anyway, so like I, I like a lot of people, I imagine I bought these tickets within 24 hours after the slap on the Academy Awards. I mean, I have seen Chris Rock multiple times before, but I just I wasn't a aware he was into uh, on tour. Be not really of my brain yet to go back out in society in these ways per se. Um, so the, the within that 24 hours, I we got tickets. Um, obviously, everybody wants to know like, well, did he say anything, right? And he he didn't. He walks out and immediately he wins over the audience by saying, "He just says, I'm good. I'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that later." And everybody applauds and this that and, and this that and the other. Um, but it was it was fun. Have you seen him before? Uh, years and years ago, and it was good. Yeah, yeah. He, he been you know always fun. His delivery is fantastic. I mean, his voice is just you know he he could easily just do uh animation stuff f- till the end of time because he's got that great you don't have to see it uh see him and i we were sitting in the back so i didn't really see him too 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 well um so it was really good he I, it was it was fun to be in the space of somebody doing something live in front of you after all this time it did feel though just to be honest like watching the sixth season of the office like it's funny, but I know all the beats because I've seen him before. We've all seen Chris Rock do stand up a hundred times, so it's really good. But it was like good in like a uh, comfort food way versus like my ribs. I didn't think I didn't leave with my ribs hurting from laughing super hard, but it was still really good because it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Okay, I get where this is going, or that. Yeah, that, yeah, I know. I know that's kind of where his angle is on some of these things. So it was very enjoyable. Um, 
I knew he wasn't going to say anything, but, you know, he still almost had to be like, yeah, OK, not yet. Yeah, I don't know how a comedian doesn't make fun of themselves. I mean, I guess he did a little bit in the intro, as you said, but um, well, he made a lot of fun know. of himself during the show with his bits and his jokes. Just yeah, on that one, he just kind of. Uh, yeah. yeah, that one's off limits. He's probably well, I imagine. Right. I mean. I don't know how these things work exactly, but like if, if, if say hypothetically Oprah, like if you're going to say Oprah's going to talk to Chris Rock about what happened and that'll be a thing on that, right? Like we can all imagine that. Everybody wants to hear his end of this. So he, as long as he keeps waiting, he can get a huge, I don't know if it's a payday or a huge moment in the spotlight for when he's ready to talk. Yeah. He could have cracked a few jokes though, unless that's just, I guess, maybe off limits now. Now that's off limits. Now we can't make jokes about that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I get. I guess I don't know what he's ready to say. And like I said, the second he says anything, yeah. then that becomes you know sort of his his view. And he's probably smart to 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 wait. But that said, it, it felt like that would have been the freshest thing in his act because every everything else, like it was good stuff. I just you know all the political jokes and you know some of the social commentary. Again, not saying it was not funny. It was just like okay, I kind of know where this is going. Uh, but again, that's what happens when you see somebody like that multiple times. This is the third time I've seen Chris Rock in live let alone tv and, and everything else so yeah it, it, it was enjoyable but um the, from the based on the moment that i bought the tickets it was uh, a tad deflating but but only because of the expectations within 24 hours of the academy awards yeah i'm uh, speaking of not funny at all did you see what happened yesterday um in new york where the, the fans yeah, yeah. Uh, for those who weren't aware fans of the right field bleachers uh basically pelted some of the Cleveland Guardians outfielders with like bottles and cans and debris, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, after basically after the Yankees had um, come back for a six-five win, uh, but rather than celebrate, the Yankees all ran out to to the right center field wall where the security personnel were to try to calm them down. And what's interesting, Ben, is I was checking this morning after you know um, seeing it last night. No statement from the league, no statement from the Yankees at all. I'm really surprised um, that there wasn't at least a, hey, we're investigating this. Hey, we don't condone this. Um, I haven't seen anything at all about it, um, except Miles Straw, um, Cleveland center fielder, did say, worst fan base on the planet. That will land well in New York. <laughs> that, 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 will, that will land well. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you know, you boo all you want, but, you know, you can't be throwing stuff. And, you know, obviously you got to watch your language and, and and all that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's that that's I saw the I saw the debris flying out. And I wasn't quite sure if something had precipitated that other than just they won the game and people were going nuts. I mean, you know, act, you know, the, the saying, you know, act like you've been there, like yeah. literally for the I mean, that should be the case for any fan base. But literally for that one, it's a, it's, it's a walk off win in April. You're the Yankees. How many World Series have you yeah. won? Like, what are you doing? I, although, granted, it's been a minute. Maybe they're getting frustrated now, which which I kind of enjoy. To me, though, it's, it's just never going to be okay. Like, throwing stuff on the field, it just ne- it's never going to be okay. Uh, 800-636-1067 if you want to talk about that. Or, or Pelt Ben, not with things on the field, but with NFL draft questions as well. We'll be taking those throughout the show as well. But, yeah, just really disappointing. I think 99% of fans go and behave, and it's always that 1%. That seems to ruin it for everybody. Um, just just really unfortunate. We'll see what unfolds there. We'll break that down a little bit uh, and get to some of your NFL draft stuff when we come back. Richard Rowley, Ben Standing, here on 106.7 The Fan. All right, welcome back. Richard Rowley, here with Ben Standing on Sunday morning. 
April 24th. Where is April going? April 24th here in D.C. We'll be on with you until noon. The Nationals close out their series against the Giants here on 106.7. You can listen to that starting at 1.30 pregame. Nats pregame will start before that. Um, in the meantime, Ben and I are going to delve into a uh, little NFL draft, commander's talk. Um, obviously, we'll get into some Nats in the 10 o'clock hour with Masson's Mark Zuckerman. Ben, we were talking before the break about uh, what happened last night in New York with fans throwing stuff on the field. Have you been at a game where this has happened? Because in Baltimore, it happened to Adam Jones several times. And interestingly enough, the league adopted a policy where they can just kick people out for hate speech, throwing stuff. Um, after it happened to Adam Jones, I believe in like 2014, right around there. Up until then, they didn't have a policy. Um, but have you ever been at a game where this has happened? I wonder how, if you're in the stands and you see that happen, like, do you say anything to the person? Do you let it go? Like, what? It, what you know, many people, you can't really hide in the stands if you're doing this. You cannot. Uh, I, I mean, I imagine I've been at a game where somebody threw something, but it's been, uh, my memory is... Uh, not always the best these days, and it's been a while since I've not sat in the press box. But, yeah, obviously, the whole point of of any of this is, I mean, it, it, it's it's almost ridiculous that it needs to be said that you are there to watch, not be not be involved other than just cheering or booing or or that type of deal. The, the, the rest of it, I mean, this is just, I don't know, I, you know, I also don't want to make too big of a deal. But Well, actually, let me rephrase this. I don't typically want to make too big of a deal when it's like one or two people, but the excess, the amount there of, of, of sheer stuff that was thrown so if, if it was one or two people that was they, they were very active because there was a lot of debris so that felt like it was a lot more than that but yeah it's it's obviously ridiculously shameful that we even have to have the discussion of don't be a jerk and throw things at the people who are you're, you're paying to watch who are just whatever and by the way they lost like you won it's yeah. not like it's not like it went the other way not that that would be condoning it but like if they if the uh they, they hit a walk off somehow and you got mad that would still don't throw anything, but at least I would get that rationale. You won the game. Yeah. You know what is a cool trend, though, is, you know, in hockey when they throw the hats onto the, the, onto the ice. That, sure. that, is a, that is, to me, one of the cooler things that happens. I've never been at a game where it's been acceptable to throw. Like, it hasn't happened. We haven't seen the hat trick where you can just be like, here you go, here's the hat. Well, and also, I think in Detroit they throw, octo- don't they throw yeah. octopuses. Yeah, they, uh, they, okay. they, at least they did, yeah. So there are some like cool exceptions, but again, you're not doing it with that spiteful like, I'm gonna throw this beer can at you. Like, well, and the, and all those things are celebratory. They're correct. not, you know, it's part of the tradition. I've 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 never understood. I mean, I get the hat thing; it's a cool thing. If I'm wearing my favorite hat, yeah. like, of all time, I'm not winging that in there. And am I gonna be looked at? Are people gonna look at me like, hey, this is the deal? You gotta throw it, or was that like a rookie mistake to wear? your favorite hat, just in case that did happen. Yeah, I think you always try to maybe wear your not favorite hat. I went to Eric Church last month, and people took their shoes off and put them and threw them on the stage. He did sign a bunch of them, but my husband and I were like, all right, like, he had a really nice pair of cowboy boots on. I'm like, would you throw those on the stage? He's like, no, like one, two. So, like, what if you couldn't get it back? So a hat is a little bit differently. You can leave the stadium without a hat. But shoes? Yeah, generally speaking, when I walk in with whatever I got going on, I'd like to leave without it. I mean, there are some circumstances where maybe that's reasonable. And like I said, if it's like, you know, it's like if it's like the equivalent of the double A pitcher I I called up in an emergency, but he's not really a big prospect kind of hat. Yeah. Go nuts. 
But if it's in the rotation, I'm not throwing that arbitrarily. Like if it's Ovechkin's hat trick and simultaneously he wins the Stanley Cup, I'll you're lose doing my it. mind. But, can, yes. but 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 other than that, no. You're doing it because you've also had too many beers because of the scenario there. How dare you? Uh, yeah, it's true. But you know what? You're right. The octopus thing is cool, but people aren't like, hey, let me see if I can nail Pavel Datsuk with this octopus. It's not a mean thing. It's a it's a respect thing, and I think that's the big thing here. And some of the Yankees talked after the game about like we win with class, and something like that happens. It just reflects poorly on New York, on the fan base, on the team, on everybody. Um, I'm curious to see. Can't be that hard to find these fans. Yeah, no, you would think it wouldn't be that complicated to 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 look. And you know, it's funny. Yeah, you mentioned the octopus, and you know, we've obviously been talking a lot about with the commanders the new stadium situation. And what's really the underlying part of what people don't say? People don't love the experience at FedEx Field, and they'll talk about the parking and obviously things like the rails falling down are you know not great. But you can fix some of these things and whatever. And the, and, and parking and, you know, traffic sucks kind of any venue you kind of go to a lot. I mean, just to varying degrees. Yeah. It's really bad there, though. Yeah. yeah oh, it's, it's it's bad. Really I'm, but, bad. But I'm just saying, like, that's, you know, you go to an event with 70,000 people, you're going to expect some traffic. Um, But the real, I think the real thing what people are, are, are saying is there's no traditions there. there. There's nothing in the equivalent. Forget, obviously, there's no throwing of the octopus, but, like, the idea of, like, anything and and part of when you switch the name and you got rid of the song that had the hail to the you know team with the, the the former name all that that was one of the traditions which is now kind of gone and they have to figure out new ones and i think that is ultimately part of the what people are really complaining about is there's no connection right there whereas the detroit red wings this thing has been going on forever and this is part of the deal and other teams have their own uh, you know, stick, and you always love it when that comes up organically. And right now, here, that's been a huge struggle. Uh, they, there is one big, huge tradition here. Oh boy, he's coming, I, I sense a losing or a congressional inquiry <laughs> no, or something. It's, uh, it's hating Dan Snyder. It's it's, it's well, that's not a, down. That, that's not a fun thing. I'm t- you know, no, it's it's a, uh, but it's certainly something that like you pull the fan base. And you're like, all right, there's one thing that I'm going to get the majority of the fan base to gr- agree on. You're not going quarterback. You're not talking about Ron Rivera. Not talking about the name change. You're going right for Dan Snyder. I mean, sure. We are united. People are united by hatred for Dan Snyder. I, I don't know how you turn that into tradition at FedEx. Yeah, Field, I don't think you, know. you, you, you turn that in by not showing up. That that is how Which it, they've done a pretty good job. Right, of. right. But that's yeah. They're last in attendance. Right, right. Well, like I said, I mean, the point, you know, I'm trying to say like, what's the, there's no, there's no positive variable here. And that's the thing. We talked about this the other day, like when, when we did a bit about which fan base should be the most frustrated. And I said, of the four main local teams. And I said, it's it's not the commanders because it partly because it's already baked in. Everybody assumes it's going to be disastrous. This has been going on forever. Whereas, so it's it, anything positive that happens, you're like, oh, that's cool. Versus, yeah, of course, life stinks and life is hard. We already get that because we are, you know, you're fans of this team and this and everything. So that's what I'm saying. Like, what's the positive thing they get? And this is what Ron Rivera he keeps trying to push. We're changing the name. We're doing this. We're, we're moving forward, even though we're all like, uh, Dude, like that's just not a realistic thing because the the past keeps dragging you back. Right. Well, I wonder what do they push this season from a marketing perspective? Because you have to think if you're PR community relations, this is like your dream. You have a fresh slate, a fresh name. You could create whatever you want. You could invent whatever you want. I mean, the team has to be good, but you do have a chance here to kind of start your own thing, right? You have a chance to have a, a cute little catchphrase. I don't know. Commanders though is well, just that's, tough. Well, that's that's the other thing. Is like what 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 is the shorthand? 
I mean, everybody's yeah. making the joke of, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no obvious thing. I can't even, like, you know, I mean, like, like even if we, uh, for the tweet, we're going to, you know, you know, shorten the, shorten it up. There's no obvious shortening it up at this point. And that's part of the problem. But look, you know, this is the whole thing. That's why we're trying to think of positive things because like for this, it's all, it's easily just to go negative on this thing all the time. The commands? No, it doesn't roll off the tongue? I don't think so. No, it doesn't. I mean, they're trying to go take command is like the hashtag, but, you know, sure. You're right. It's not. It, I'm, I'm racking my brain. It's not. Cool. Oh, no, no. There's there's no. There's nothing. I mean, they're going to have to just make one up and say this is what it is, but nothing is easy. There's no whiz. There's no gnats. There's no caps. They picked the name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know. This is my daily existence. This is not, I write this name every day. Trust me. There's no easy, there's no easy, there's no easy transition for to shorten this thing. It's, it's very, it's very frustrating. Uh, what's not frustrating though, is getting the chance to uh, be here with everybody until noon on 106.7. The fan, Ben Standick, Britt Giroli, uh here talking Nats, NFL draft and more on 106.7. The fan. Welcome back to 1067 The Fan. Ben Standig and Britt Giroli here with you until noon. Mark Zuckerman from Masson will be with us at 10 o'clock to talk about the Washington Nationals. But Britt, we thought we'd uh, dive into some of the commander's talk here. The NFL draft is, of course, on Thursday. And uh, needless to say, it's a pretty important the draft is important for everybody. I guess that would be an incredibly stupid thing to say. It's pretty important for the, for this team. But in the specific sense that they have done very little in free agency to this point, they did get Carson Wentz, of course. But we've been talking about this for weeks and weeks, how they've just been you know, extra quiet. They've only signed two outside free agents uh, at this point. So whatever holes they're going to try to initially fill are going to be through this draft. Uh, so we'll talk about some outside-the-box ideas a little bit later. Uh, but, Brent, I thought we could maybe like do a little reset here of, of kind of where things are at. Do you have any... Um, you know, you you are on top of this, but you you know you're coming to this from a different perspective. As you've heard me yet, you know, prattle on about this for weeks. Is there anything at this point you're going, okay, where are we at with this, or what's the deal with that, or why do we care about X or anything? Yeah. Well, first off, I have an outside the box question for you. Uh-huh. Um, is it the expectation now with the draft so close that nobody's making any moves free agency wise until the draft is over? In in theory, that's going to be the deal. I think the only way you make a move is. If you go to somebody you like and you basically say, because if you're a free agent, right, you're waiting to see at this point what teams do things. But a team might say, hey, look, like last year they signed or they made the trade for Eric Flowers. This wasn't a free agent move like the day before the draft, I want to say, or a day or two before the draft. So you're basically kind of saying to a free agent, look, we go into this draft, we draft somebody at your position and we're obviously out of the bidding. But if you come to us right now for this much money, we'll make a deal. So unless a player is willing to take that then probably we're waiting until after the draft okay that's what i figured that now we're so close and also as a team how much can change between now and the draft really nothing right you've seen everybody you need to see um it's not like there's active football going on where you know in baseball it's like well this guy could be hurt um it's a little bit different um so what what if anything changes between now and the draft uh, i mean i think the biggest things are just one Obviously, other teams making a move. You know, if if you know if you're, um, you know if you're in a position like Washington and uh, the, 
you know, the, the, the wide receiver situation, if all of a sudden some team trades up ahead of you into the top 10 and there's a pretty clear understanding they want a wide receiver, like that's their, you know, their main objective, it appears, then you're like, okay, now at least one of these guys is probably off the board, if not two of them, because the Falcons, the Jets could also go receiver. So something like that could could change. Or, you know, is bet is there intel out there that a team is going to do things? There's a, the Houston Texans at, at, with number three. They've been all over the place with what people think is going to happen. They could take one of the top three defensive ends, whichever one is still sitting on the board. They could go for offensive lineman Evan Neal from Alabama to help protect their young quarterback Davis Mills. But the latest buzz is they're gonna they're looking hard at LSU cornerback Derek Stingley, who's not even by most mock drafts is being projected in that nine to twelve range. So th- things like that could change. Like it's it's not so much change, but like we get more information, I guess, on some level. Right. Okay, that makes sense because it just seems like between now and the draft, the players don't really change. The team's stance may change a little bit internally. Well, I also think, and and you know, this would go to to any of these sports. You know, how often I, I know for me, if you said right now, definitively tell me who you like, you know, I can kind of probably waver back and forth between wanting the, them to take Kyle Hamilton, the, the 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 dynamic safety who would give them a presence on that end versus I get taking the receiver. Sometimes I think maybe we think that these people are different than the rest of us as humans and that they're 100 percent locked into an idea. I think they may be waffling on some level, and that only—that's not a negative. You're allowed to change your mind. Your mind. You 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 can overthink it, but like I, don't, I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't say that every team is definitively locked in. This is what we're definitely doing until maybe sometimes right before you actually make the pick. So, in your mind, though, I know you said if if I told you to name one person, you could. You don't really want to. So, in your mind, is there two good options, three good options? Um, how many different? names could come up at that number 11 spot that you would be like, all right, I'm okay with that. Well, you're a uh, outside the box thinker, right? This is what Try. makes you successful covering uh, the, the the major league baseball. So, I mean, the, the I, we talked about this the other day. It's been a kind of a boring conversation because we keep, all keep talking about the exact same names. Notre Dame safety, Kyle Hamilton slipping outside the top 10 or one of these wide receivers, Drake London from USC feels to me like the main uh, option for the receivers for them because he gives them a different element with his size. But Garrett Wilson is often viewed as the number one receiver in this class. Jameson Williams was viewed as the number one receiver in this class before he suffered his ACL injury in, in January. Uh, Chris Olave, the other receiver from Ohio State, to me feels a little bit off, a little bit further down the list. Those would be the names we typically are talking about the most. And those would be, from a need perspective, the ones that make a lot of sense. But at the same point, and this is where I want to bring up some other names. Um, we could do that in the next segment, but I think you have to look at this a little bit outside the box because I see people on Twitter because everybody in the media says these names. Then all the fans start just regurgitating what we're saying. Thus, it starts becoming this echo chamber of, oh, they're gravitating towards these couple of guys. And that may be true, but it also is just all we were talking about. I mean, the the Ravens, are, for example, right up the street. I could, if we had our our colleague Jeff Zreback on, I could we could go. He and I could go through five or six different names of players they could realistically take at all different positions. That's just not the deal here, based on the conversation we've been having, and that's why those the names are the ones are the obvious ones. But I'm not sitting here going it's the only option, even though it sounds like it's only options. Right, which is part of my issue with the draft. I think until we get inside of like a week, everyone is just making stuff up. Everyone is literally like, hey, 
What about this guy? What about that guy? See, I well, don't do- they're in on this guy. Well, they went and saw this guy work out. This is due diligence. You should be seeing everybody that you think may show up on your board go work out. Right? Sure. I understand why it makes really good uh, fodder for the radio and for fans because it is kind of a dead time in the NFL without it if there was no draft um, or if the draft was even a month or two later. Um, but until we get to like now down into the nitty gritty, I think you start to see, like you said last week, like um, teams kind of show their hand a little bit. Like Ron Rivera showing up to watch guys. You're, you're seeing a little, you're getting a little more info than you did um, weeks ago. And you're getting a little bit, hopefully more accurate with these mock drafts as we go along. Though, again, one block is out of place. It's like Jenga and the whole thing just falls. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, my, part of my frustration is to the point of what you just said, that everybody's just sort of grasping at straws, trying to make guesses. That annoys the crap out of me because I don't want I'm not doing that. Like, even if I'm reporting over the course of like a month or thinking about it, I'm trying to take it logically. I'm not just every time there's a rumor and a report saying, well, this is definitely a thing, which is unfortunately what happens too often. Um, Just as sort of an example. Uh, my pal, Nikki Jabala, who covers the team for The Post, she wrote a, a good story the other day, kind of just kind of where things are at and going into this draft. And with regard to Carson Wentz, she made a, a line, something to the effect of they don't view him as a as a bridge quarterback, as a sort of a stopgap. And that became a headline for a few different places. And I, I'm pretty sure she would – I'm pretty positive she's like, uh, that was just the facts. They traded I- – two day two picks to get this guy and took on his $28.3 million contract this year. He's under contract for two more years, no guaranteed money, but that, that there, you don't make that. If you make that move and think he's a bridge quarterback, then you should be fired. Like that's ridiculous. That's way too big of an investment for a team that is not poised to be on the cusp of the Super Bowl to even make that kind of move. They clearly view him as more than just this year. If he doesn't work out, that's different, but that's the clearly view this. My, my point is, Everybody just went and took the headline about this, you know, and, and tried to make a headline out of this because this is unfortunately the echo chamber we're in. Everybody's just trying to make noise of something that's not noise. This is why you should be following Ben if you aren't already reading his stuff on The Athletic. Uh, right now, he, you've got a mock draft mailbag that you've done recently. You also did a choose your own adventure with three. three yeah, re- re- read that one. The, ma- likely the mailbag is your ideas, and we just commented on that. But the, the, other, the other one is more... Uh, is more notable. So it does seem like you kind of answered my question had I read this article in advance that there's really three paths that, well, three most likely paths, but would you be okay with all of those paths? I guess is my question. Well, like I said, two of them are conventional, like based on the thinking of the day. And the third one is I had some fun with, with trades. Um, our other colleague at the athletic, Mike Sando had a story the other day, catching up with the NFL executives about all the different teams out there, what they did this off season. And when it comes to Washington and a lot, a lot of that section was about the Carson Wentz trade. And, you know, the people that Mike talked to were not necessarily thrilled with the trade from Washington's perspective, but they said that part of the issue is that Washington has the three people at the top of their decision-making football side, Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, Marty Herney, are all on the older side, older generation, I guess. And their the view of these executives is that their thinking kind of is in that old school way, and that's not necessarily great to be creative. So the trade ideas that I had, somebody told me uh, with another team was like, those aren't, re- those are reasonable ideas. What, can Washington execute that is the question. And, you know, that, that, that's the question. So I like that idea, but I don't know if they would be willing to move, move, move down a couple of times. 
Interesting stuff. When we come back, Ben's going to get a little bit more into some of these unorthodox routes. Maybe not the three most likely scenarios, but what we could see here with the NFL draft. 10 o'clock, we're going to get into Nats with Masson's Mark Zuckerman. Uh, keep it here. We'll be back in just a few moments. Bridget Roley, Ben Standing, here on 106.7 The Fan. Lenny Kravitz welcoming, uh, welcoming us back in. Ben Standick and Brick Giroli here with you. Uh, I told you I went to see Chris Rock last night. The friend I went with, the last thing this guy and I had done was pre-pandemic. We saw Lenny Kravitz like a month or two before. Uh, maybe it was a little more than a month or two, but like a couple, a few months before the world closed down. So good reminder of of, uh, of how things were both last night and uh, and this song. Never, It's never too early in the morning for Lenny Kravitz. Brent, can we agree on that? Oh, never. Sun, a, a great Sunday. Sunny, yeah. beautiful spring day. The Nats try to salvage their series against the Giants. That will be on uh, 1.30 here on 106.7. There'll be pregame before that as well. Uh, we will get into the Nationals with Mark Zuckerman at 10 o'clock. Um, but you know what I love about Sundays, Ben? Growing up, we used to every Sunday have donuts for breakfast. And I'm thinking that's a tradition I should bring back. Because it was like you woke up on Sunday and you were like, Oh, it's Sunday, a little dread, like tomorrow's Monday. Although when you're in school, I don't know why you were really all that upset. There was nothing super to dread. But you were like, Sunday, donut day. I don't have that. I, I think I should bring it back. Well, look, if this Sunday thing between you and me uh, becomes a tradition here, then definitely this is like a no-brainer. I, I assume that's where you're heading here. Ben's I'm, eyes just lit up, Well, I'm everybody. assuming I'm getting involved here. If it's just you and your husband, I mean, you know, what do I care? But if you're bringing it in for me, then this is a whole other story. Some good donuts around here, right? Just, I feel like I've heard of district donuts. There's a couple of Donald's and on his head. Yeah, John, Donald, what do you got on the donuts around here? Yeah, I, I've been to District Donuts a few times. They're pretty good. Um, yeah, there's a couple of spots here. We're in Navy Yard um, in the Wharf area too, down 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 here downtown. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a few good spots here. District Donuts is really good. I like that. See, then we get sugar, and you're all hopped up on sugar. Then this show is basically like Ben and Britt and Donald on speed, essentially. <laughs> Great. Well, look, and you know, we we are not above. I, I don't know what the rules are, but we're not above taking gifts. I mean, if somebody wants to hit. <laughs> At Ben Standick, at Britt underscore Giroli, like, you know, talk to us. So we, we got email addresses in there, you know, hit, let us know. Yeah. It was um, a great tradition. I'm telling you, nothing like waking up knowing that there were like three to four chocolate frosted with sprinkles. That was my go-to growing up as a kid. There was nothing like it. I can, if, 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 if you know, th there's, it's just not, this is different than the Easter candy the other day where like there's only, we determined it was like a one seed and then everybody else was really not in, that was in the playing tournament yes. at best. There's different options here. We have ways to go, but based on what you just said, you bring in a box of that, we're good. Chocolate, chocolate, spr chocolate with, uh, with sprinkles, we're, we're good. There's, there's no, there's right. no argument there. Are we here next Sunday? I think yes. I think that's I, yes. I think I think that sources say yes, but maybe we need to uh, get a second source right. to confirm. We're gonna we're gonna start on this donut train. We'll rotate. We'll rotate around uh, who ends up going. We'll, we'll we'll test all the donuts in the district. There, there you go. It'll be great. So when we get speaking of so next Sunday, we will at that point be done with the draft. We will know what they what the Washington Commanders did or didn't do. Uh, right now, they go into this thing with six picks: first round, second round, fourth round. One in the sixth, two in the seventh. So they really only have the first three picks to really kind of make an impact on this year. You know, just as a in a general sense, you never know what's going to happen. And Britt, like part of the question we were discussing before is, 
if we're trying to view this in total, what else are they possibly looking at? Could they consider beyond just the wide receiver or Kyle Hamilton, which feels like it's been the constant conversation uh, for for weeks here? Uh, would you like to go through some of the other scenarios? Yeah, let's. But let me run something real important by you real Uh-oh. quick. Hashtag District Donut Tour. Do you like that? I, th- I think we can get that as like a Sunday morning thing going. Oh, this is like we're gonna start. I'm still a on the donuts. I'm still on the donuts, Ben. Look, there's uh, there's literally nothing wrong with with that scenario. I I I, I promise that. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm in. What is it? District ha- hashtag, hashtag district donut tour. And every Sunday we're gonna before we'll get donuts before we come on and we'll hit a different spot in DC. Uh, look, this is uh, you know you've had some. This ideas is why before. people listen. Yeah, no, this is this is why I, I tolerate you giving me grief about what time it is in the morning because if you have good ideas like this. It's a great idea. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so let's, let's see if you think some of these other ideas are good. All right. Offensive line, I think like all things being equal, if if every prospect sitting there at 11 was graded equally, I kind of think they would take the offensive line. I think that when you look at the group right now, they lose Brandon Scherf, who was, I think you could maybe make the case a tick overrated, but at the same point, a pro bowler every year overrated relative to the top of the league, but not, not overrated in terms of the talent. And that he was a Pro Bowl level player. He's gone. They're replacing him, and it looks like with Wes Schweitzer, most likely, who's a totally solid player, but it sort of describes most of the line. Solid players, but not a lot of dynamic players the way they've had for the last decade with Trent Williams or and Brandon Scherf. And I think, again, if you're gonna help Carson Wentz, keeping him upright's a good thing. The problem is that if you look at the board, the guard is what they need the most, and there are no guards in that range. There could be a tackle, though. Charles Cross from Mississippi State could be there. And if that were to happen, would they take an offensive lineman? Because then you have to move probably Sam Cosby to guard. I don't know if, if that's necessarily the, the top of their list or anything, but I think it's something to absolutely consider because I think all things being equal, they would like to improve the offensive line. It's just the board doesn't kind of work out that way, right. which is where the outside-the-box thinking, I think, comes in. I mean, they need, if we're going by needs, as you said, they need a defensive back. They need a linebacker. They need a wide receiver and they need a quarterback probably too, which is why you keep hearing about Kenny Pickett and that's not going to go away, right? That could be a legitimate thing. Uh, Pickett, of course, the quarterback from Pittsburgh, even though they got Carson Wentz. No, 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 you don't see it happening. No, I, I don't see it happening. And if it does, I will crush them. I think it would be, I kind of want it to happen. That'd be a terrible pick. Um, not, not because of Kenny Pickett, because you've just, you invested in Carson Wentz, you got to go. You got to see this through. No half measures. It doesn't make any sense to. You're not helping anybody by drafting a guy who, in the best case, doesn't play. Yes. You help Carson Wentz. You've already made this move. You're already giving up picks. You know, like in thing, like they've already given up two two day picks. Now you give up two two day picks and the first. You got to do whatever you can to find a quarterback. There's no argument. Let this play out a year before we start trying to figure out that we need another one. All right. Well, how do you feel? Well, we talked last show about how the wide receiver is kind of like flashy, sexy pick. If Drake London is available, do you do that? Because, like you said, their needs don't necessarily line up with the talent board. Well, this is this is why we're looking at some other scenarios. Because, yeah, everybody's pointing to receiver. I, I do believe that they think between Terry McLaurin, the return of Curtis Samuel, hopefully, that De'Ami Brown takes a step up his second year. They've kept Cam Sims. You've got two running backs that are former receivers. Like it's not like they like we. I think we're all overplaying this lack of receiver in part because Curtis Samuel just didn't play last year. So that's, you know, I'm not going to dis. I remember what happened, but in theory, he comes back and that gives you your second receiver. That was the point of him coming here in the first place. And if he had played a reasonable year last year, 
I don't think we're all sitting here going, they got to take a receiver at 11. But here's a different position. So I just mentioned the offensive line. Let's go to the other line, okay? The strength of this team, the defensive line with Case Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, four first-round picks. Yeah, they underachieved last year into in collection. John Allen was very good, but overall they underachieved. So you wouldn't think that logically you would spend the 11th pick on a defensive lineman. However, here's the here's the argument for doing that. One, they've they lost their primary depth in Matt Ioannidis and Tim Settle. They have no depth behind their two starting tackles, and it's good to have a rotation. My, Matt Ioannidis himself played 60% of the snaps last year while missing one game. So that's a somebody, you know, you you got to replace that somehow one way or the other. Deron Payne is going into the last year of his contract. You know, we can maybe assume they'll sign him, but I'm not that convinced. You already kept Jonathan Allen. You're going to about to pay Terry McLaurin. You can't pay everybody. I've been preaching this for a year. You got to probably trade one of these defensive linemen. Well, one way you can sort of fill that depth and be prepared for the for the potential uh, end of Deron Payne's time here, if that's the case, because he's the next one up, is drafting a, a, a backup slash replacement at 11. You got this kid, Jordan Davis from Georgia. He's a freak athlete. He's basically like a, a 340 pounder who runs like a 4740 or something something insane like 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 that. He may be a, he may not be a three down lineman, and that's the question. Does he give you enough pass rush help? But he would really help shore up the run. And like I said, it gives you 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 replace a guy who's about to get paid big time versus with, with a rookie contract. I, I think that's something you absolutely need to consider, even if it's not the first, second, or third choice on their list. I think it should be on the list. I think you should be in the room, Ben. These are some great points. Look, this is what I'm saying. I, I, you know, I. This is what I do. I go. I come home from a Chris Rock show and then sit back down at the computer and think to myself, "What did Chris Rock just inspire me to think about this team?" A little outside the box, you know. You, you can't just think the same thing over and over again. There's a joke in there about you slapping someone, but I will save it for off air. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, Nats with Mark Zuckerman. What's going on with Patrick Corbin? What's going on with this team in general? Stick with us, Richard Rowley. Ben standing here on 106.7 The Fan.